Pam. I'm Dawn. I'm Deidre. I'm Dina. Welcome, Welcome to Ozark Paints and Hooch. Hooch. This ain't no fancy academic check your references kind of deal. This is four girls from the Ozarks sipping and spewing about paints, hooch, and history. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ozarks, Haints, and Hooch. It is our second episode. Hooray! Um, tonight, Yay! Yay! Tonight, um, let's see. Uh, I'm your mistress of ceremonies. Um, <laughs> Dina is doing the big one. Deidre mm-hmm. <laughs> is doing the little one. Damn it. Hey. And Pam is making the hooch. Um, but before we get up, do that, I've got a couple things I want to say. Number one, uh, sorry about the audio quality. Um, we're four, four girls and we're in three different states in four different rooms with four different kinds of technology and all of that. So that's why it may sound weird and you may sound hear some buzzing and stuff like that. But, um, you know. In the pandemic, we're doing the best we can. <laughs> and the other thing I want to say is I want to tell a story. I know that the mistress of ceremonies isn't supposed to tell a story, but I'm doing it. Um, so I am so excited for this topic because I don't know if you guys know, and Dina, you're probably going to say this, but um, uh, the Ozarks is a hotbed for Bigfoot sightings. So uh, Christmas, when I come back to Missouri, um, typically we eat dinner and then we sit around the table and drink and play games. So one night we were sitting around the table drinking and I can't remember if we were playing games. I don't think so because we started talking about Bigfoot and we got on the internet and we were listening to Bigfoot whoop and that kind of stuff. And so Dina and Deidre know a guy in the Ozarks that leads expeditions. So as we were drinking more, we were getting more um, excited about it and Uh deciding we needed to go on one. And Dina's husband, Scooter, got really mad and left. So, but it's late at this point. And we won't go into why unless Dina wants to tell it. He gets really mad and leaves when we're together a lot. Well, they both do. Both of your husbands get really mad and leave for some reason. It could be the fact that we're really obnoxious when we're drinking and all together. I can't know. Or they can't get a word in edgewise. Come on now. Give me a break. That could be. That could be. So anyway, Dina and Scooter lived uh, next door to mom. So he goes back to his house um we okay Deidre and I and Dina goes with him I mean she goes later I mean you know a few minutes later so Deidre and I continue to drink and okay and this is where it gets fuzzy (laughs) but we found (laughs) I don't remember it at all but okay (laughs) we found a monkey face mask that we'll put up on our social media because I still have it and their bedroom window was uh, in a place where you could actually stand outside it. So, Deidre, didn't we go over there and whoop outside his window and put the monkey mask up in the window? We certainly did something. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Scooter, honey, this is dedicated to you. <laughs> All right. I'm going to appreciate that. Before That's we get it. to Dina, um, we're, Pam, tell us about the cocktail. Okay. Oh, the cocktail. Yes, the cocktail. hooch. 
no, no, this is the hooch part of the evening That's or right. the mixologist or however you want to think of it. Okay, so, um, uh, well, I, I found several recipes on those interwebs and, and tossed three of them to my sisters to see which one they like. So we chose the one that I'm going to mention last. What I'd like to do now is tell you about the rejects because they're, <laughs> they're, pretty, they're pretty damn funny. Okay. So uh, the first one that I rejected straight away, I called the Trashy Bigfoot. And the Trashy Bigfoot is made of moonshine, molasses, and Cool Whip. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. So, so just, just saying. Okay. Then there was the Baby Sasquatch. And the Baby Sasquatch has Brandy, Jägermeister, and Dr. Pepper. Oh my mm. God. Okay. I used to do Jaeger a long time ago, but. Well, yeah. your insides jelly. Been ages ago. Okay. Then I found the sweet Sasquatch, which was coffee, Kahlua, Disarona, and half and half. Hey, I didn't see that one. That would have been good. I know. That would have been good, except okay. not coffee in the nighttime. Come on now. True. You're right. Okay. So <laughs> then one of our rejects was uh, um, Yeti bait. And the Yeti bait is made up of Maker's, Mescal, <gasps> Dolan Rouge, which is a good guess. I have to, I'd have to go to the Google for that. Maple syrup and dashes of bitters. Hmm. So Maker's and Mescal, I thought, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then the one that was the real uh, craft cocktail labor intensive was the slow dancing Sasquatch. And you had to smoke a glass with bark with a torch and put the glass over it. And it's made from sweet vermouth and cream to cocoa and cherry bark bitters and patchouli syrup. And oh gosh, what else? Um, uh, 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 it's served neat with a bite-sized torched s'more on the top. I just want to say that patchouli um, syrup would make me feel like I was drinking a hippie. Well, I'm, I'm not. Well, and all those things, we live in Forsyth. Where would we have found <laughs> well, any of that? You'd have to go shave the cherry bark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'd be more like it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're not quite that, that uh, of, a, of a hillbilly woman at this point in our lives, I don't think. So what we, <laughs> what we settled on was the Sasquatch, and it is an ounce of rye, an ounce of Applejack, three drops of bitters, and a half ounce smoked brown sugar syrup, garnished with an apple slice. Now, I have mine served neat. So did you guys make alterations to your recipes a bit? I didn't. Mine's neat. And it, mine doesn't have an apple slice because I didn't have one. But otherwise, and I didn't smoke the the brown oh, yeah. sugar syrup. I didn't put liquid smoke in it. I didn't smoke yeah. either. So. I, I didn't smoke. No smoky. But I did, uh, after I tasted it first off, and determined that this was definitely a Dawn drink and not <laughs> a Dida drink. <laughs> I added a little ginger ale because it was just a little too stout for me. So okay, yeah, all right. 
And uh, Dina, you, you're, you're passing on this evening and we'll not talk yeah, about that. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so there you have it. That's, that was my research on our, on our hooch and our Sasquatch for the evening. It's good. I like it, Pam. Thank you. Thank you. I'm on my second, actually. So if I'm oh, a little no. more here from Tennessee, you'll know why. If she starts growling or whatever. <laughs> whooping, whooping, no whooping. What am I from saying? You. Whooping or, or sprouting hair or something. Yeah. yeah. Don't throw rocks. All right. Thanks. <laughs> okay, Dina. Yay! Tell us what you Yay. know. Okay. Well, I'll try. So in 2007, I started a new position at the Boys and Girls Club in Forsyth as the program director. Um, we had a new teen staff at our affiliate club, and he had just begun to get interest going on a Bigfoot club for the teens. So honestly, I thought it was goofy at first and just something, a fun summer program for the teens because they get bored real easy. But then I started researching along with the kids and I'm pretty open and I'm interested in paranormal and supernatural events and not necessarily that I believe everything that I hear um but then again I, I'm not going to rule stuff out completely either so I, I try to keep an open mind about it so that's when I learned of one of my preteen kids dad's experiences right here on Taney Como which by the way I I'm looking at Taney Como as I'm recording this podcast. That's how close it is. And that's why I, my interest sparked. So this guy, he was a man's man. He drove a Harley. He worked construction. He had tan leathery skin and squinty eyes. You can think Kurt Russell in Tombstone. Um, mm. He was also an avid fisherman. So one day, he's fishing it's towards dusk he was fishing a cove on Tammy Como and he heard a rustling so he looked up towards the bank on the bank there was a figure it was covered in hair and it stood around seven feet tall it stared at him briefly turned and loped back up into the woods needless to say he doesn't fish that cove anymore <laughs> uh, I would never have thought of this guy with that story once again not saying I'm a believer, but also, why would he lie? This is the type of the guy that would get heckled relentlessly, construction worker buddies, for eternity. So, um, Missouri, Kansas, Arkansas, and Oklahoma, these are the states of the Ozark Mountains. And as of 2020, these states have seen 413 combined sightings according to the Bigfoot Field Research Organization's website. No way. So wow. 150, yeah, 413 in those. So, but of the 413, 154 of those sightings are in Missouri. And half mm. of that 154 is in the Ozarks. Wow. So this number... <laughs> only encompasses the sightings that reported to that organization, not necessarily all the sightings from the Ozarks. So this is what I pulled from their website, what uh, they say about their organization. And this is the BFRO. Um, it, is, it was founded in 1995. It is now the oldest and largest organization of its kind, a virtual community of scientists, journalists, and specialists from diverse backgrounds. The researchers who compose the BFRO are engaged in projects, including field and laboratory investigations, 
designed to address various aspects of the Bigfoot phenomenon. As a result of the education and experience of its members and the quality of their efforts, the BFRO is widely considered as the most credible and respected investigative network involved in the study of this subject. Mm-hmm. So on their website, um, they have three different classifications of sightings, A, B, and C. So as you can guess, a class A is actually seeing the creature. A class B is hearing the noises, either vocalizations or the thumping, that kind of stuff, rock throwing, that kind of thing. And then the class C is seeing footprints, broken twigs, and other secondary signs of activity. And on their website, they actually have a, a you were talking about this earlier. I'm pretty sure that was the website we were on um, where you can listen to the whoops and the rock throwing and the other yeah. Bigfoot type noises. It's interesting. Listen to it. It's great. Um, but maybe not at night because it's scary. Well, what do the whoops sound like? I'm so curious. Whoop. Um, kind Whoop. of peacockish, kind of like a peacock, but yeah. not yeah. a peacock. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Marin. So anyway, while I was searching, I wanted a hometown feel for my, for my big story. And I ran across a YouTube video from October 29th, 2015. And it actually ran on our local ABC affiliate here in Forsyth. Um, it is from a Forsyth resident who lives on H Highway, which is literally, what, 10 minutes from my house. Um, the gentleman's name is Steve Robinson, and his story is from the 1990s. And where he currently lives um, in the 90s, there was a grove of trees close to his house, and he and his wife would hear coordinated calls from two to three different voices. He later found footprints measuring 12 to 17 inches long, and he also found a picture of a Bigfoot on one of his game cameras. Honestly, that picture is pretty blurry. Um, I don't see it. I do see something, but it could have been a stump. Or some brush, <laughs> or a Bigfoot, or a bear. But I couldn't or a make cow. out. Yeah, but anyway. So, you, once again, it's on the YouTube. On YouTube, you can go and watch it. Um, he also states that he saw the creature personally from fifty feet away, trying to hide behind a tree that was smaller than the creature was wide. Uh, He's not your typical crazy person spouting nonsense that the news usually gets when tornadoes come through this area. So it is worth a watch. Um, he actually makes some, some sense. So several of the sightings I found on BFRO also come from the H Highway um, area. They will break it down into counties and how many sightings by county um, it's just, it's just inter- interesting. So they, they cite that there are seven different sightings in Taney County and three of those sightings are in the H highway area. So that is evidently a hotbed of Bigfoot activity here in Forsyth, Missouri. Dang and, it. Um, We're going out there. <laughs> yeah, I want to go think. with all the flooding. They, I, I have a Bigfoot in my backyard right now. You know, Jokey's doing the breaststroke. I know it's floating. <laughs> So there are so many stories on this website. Like I could read stories to you for days. There are so many of them. So I just picked the most recent. Um, This is a Taney County story and it's from January, um, 2018. And it's a straight up cut and paste. It's kind of lengthy. So I will try to summarize as much as I can, but it is pretty interesting. So here we go. 
The night of Monday, January 20, uh, sorry, the night of Monday, January 15th, 2018. Um, it was dark. It was a new moon. It was really cold. It was negative one and the wind chill was negative seven and there was six inches of snow on the ground. At midnight, there was a couple in bed and they heard a thump outside their bedroom window. And this is what he says. Just beneath our window is a large plastic storage box for barbecue charcoal. The barbecue grill is approximately eight feet from the storage box. Um, the thump was the sound of something striking the side of that large plastic storage box. A sound we'd heard numerous times in the past when working around the box and accidentally bumping or kicking it. Despite the sound being a very familiar one and one which we instantly recognized, it was out of place for the middle of the night and both Sharon and I awoke instantly. I said aloud, did you hear that? Sharon answered, yes, I did. I felt the bed tremble several times very slightly, similar to when a heavy truck drives by on the road out front. And I said aloud, I hear footsteps. Ooh, at that's that point, so creepy. Sorry, I know. <laughs> at that point, I considered grabbing my handgun to deal with a potential intruder, but the sounds and the vibrations were not repeated. We listened for a few more minutes and then went back to sleep, which, no, I wouldn't have gone back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, no, I just, that's ghosts. You I just sleep, sleep through it. That's, okay. That's for another story. Yeah, it's coming up. <laughs> All right. The next day on Tuesday, January 16th, it was still cold. Um, it said it never got over 12 degrees. It was windy. So they stayed inside most of the day. So by mid-afternoon, Sharon asked me if I'd been outside in the yard. I told her that I had not gone out at all except to check the well house. She stood at the bedroom window and pointed to a line of large, widely spaced footprints outside and said that it appeared that we had been visited by an intruder that night. So they went out and they found two lines of tracks coming towards the house from the west, then curving south alongside the bedroom window. One of the lines of tracks was footprints that were 13 to 14 inches long, five inches wide at the heel and seven at the toe. Wow. Some of those tracks clearly showed individual toe prints. All were smooth with no pattern or marking and no break between the heel and the remainder of the boot, as would be found with a boot or a shoe. The other line of tracks appeared to be smaller footsteps, so they're presuming it was a juvenile, with clear toe prints showing in some of the footprints. All times the juvenile tracks showed dragging toes side by side as if the walker was partially lifted upward so that both feet dragged marks in the snow side by side before resuming walking. At other points, the smaller juvenile prints appeared to indicate that the walker had hopped repeatedly two or three times on one foot, then <laughs> jumped or been lifted, dragging both feet for a distance of some eight feet and then planting one foot and resuming stride or hopping onto the other foot. We believe that one of those hops or jumps resulted in the juvenile bumping the storage box, which woke us inside the bedroom and prompted our vocal comments. Those comments would have been very clearly audible just outside the window. Beside the plastic storage box located beneath our window, the two line of tracks became a single track. Apparently, the juvenile was lifted by the larger adult. The stride oh. length of the larger prints averaged five and a half feet as the tracks approached the house. But as they left the house, they um, lengthened to six and a half to almost seven feet. 
So there's no indication of running at any point in the larger tracks, either before or after. There were no toe scrubbing or heel scrubbing as are made by a human attempting to run in the snow. There were brush marks behind several of the large footprints. Close examination of those marks revealed they looked like they were made with a whisk broom with a very light touch. Individual traces could be seen clearly, and it is presumed that the marks were made by dragging hairs that hung from the legs of the creature that made the tracks. The line of large prints um, made a line heading directly for the roadway, uh, obviously quickly moving away from the house and our voices inside the bedroom. The tracks crossed the road and were later obliterated in the roadway by the multiple visits from the snowplow. Continuing at an angle across the yard on the other side, approximately 100 feet large print tracks slightly reduces and the smaller prints reappear. We presume that the larger creature put the smaller one back on the ground. These two lines of tracks continued in a straight line, another 300 feet toward a dense tree line. So isn't that the cutest story ever? Can you just yes. see the two little, or the little Bigfoot and the mama or daddy Bigfoot picking up the baby Bigfoot? I just thought yeah. it was kind of an yeah. adorable story. That is sweet. It's that very is sweet. So what sweet. a sweet Bigfoot story. And, and the I description know. is so articulate. I mean, they really yep. analyzed the description of the length of the steps and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think these people had said in theirs that it was not the first story um, that they had. Had. They had had another one in like 1995 that they had um, also reported okay. to these guys. And I just want to add, these guys follow up their sightings. They make phone calls to interview the witnesses, and they even travel to the areas of the sightings if they can. They put in work. Um, they're not just putting stories on a page. They're truly doing some pretty awesome investigative work. Not just to prove that the stories are true, there's a Bigfoot, but they also try to find inconsistencies in the witnesses' stories. Are they so still? As I, yeah. Are yes, they st- that was, yes, that was, as of 2020, that was a 2018 okay. story. So, wow. But yeah, the, if you go still, to that website, it's still happening. Yeah, it's still up and running. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. Go. Mm-hmm. So, so on that um, map that tells the different counties that they're sightings there's more sightings close to taney county and barry barry lawrence and green those were the closest ones even though i was kind of surprised to find sightings so close to springfield because it's pretty big in my little small town mind that's a pretty big city to have a big foot in but then i thought okay farm roads there are a lot of farm roads in that area so um while i was looking at that the best story from there is of a father and son in 2002 They were on a farm road to watch a meteor shower, only to have a growling Bigfoot come up the hill behind them. As soon as the father realized that it was headed straight for the car, they left the scene that rather quickly. And then I'll go into some Arkansas, uh, Arkansas sightings. Um, The two closest counties to us, to Taney County in Arkansas that has sightings are Carroll and Baxter counties. Hmm. Um, So listen to this. One Carroll County sighting is from Holiday Island, Arkansas, which is interesting Ah. because our grandparents on our father's side lived there for all of my memory of them. So I thought (laughs) that was kind of neat. A father, son, and son-in-law were out fishing in a cove called Leatherwood Creek. Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So obviously there's something about coves because my first story was about a cove. So they witnessed a Bigfoot creature walking the rocks by the power line. 
Later, the sun was struck by the fact that it seemed to only be about five foot tall, not the six or seven feet that it is usually reported. So maybe that's another juvenile. Sightings of Bigfoot go back 150 years or more with the earliest sightings being in both Missouri and Arkansas. According to the Joplin Globe, there were reports of a monstrous wild man in the boot heel in uh, the early 1840s. The Arkansas wild man dates back to 1834 when settlers believed this was a survivor of the 1811-1812 New Madrid quake who had turned wild. So there are several names for Bigfoot in the Ozarks. If you haven't heard of uh, a Bigfoot story, there's also the story of the, I'm, not, I'm probably not gonna get this right, Fauk, F-O-U-K-E? You know, I looked that up too and I think it's folk. Folk monster. So that is that inspired the legend of the uh, Boggy Creek, Boggy and it's Creek, actually yeah. a trilogy. Yeah. Oh. Or maybe you've heard of Momo, the Missouri monster, or mm-hmm. talk of the Blue Man or the mysterious Wood Ape. So even yeah. Hollywood got into the mix when Rob Lowe filmed his yeah. show, The Low Files, <gasps> in the area. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he believes he heard the Wood Ape. Um, it was later said that he was actually in the. Uh, uh, Wachita Mountains in southern Arkansas. So Wachita. I used to call these the Hoochie Coochie Mountains no. because Wachita. I can't say Wachita. Wachita. Yeah. Or the Hoochie Coochie Mountains. <laughs> and I like I Hoochie can't. Coochie as well. Uh-huh. So this is something that everybody has an opinion on and usually a fairly strong one. Um, if you have older relatives in the Ozarks regions, I would suggest asking them about their wild man stories. You're probably going to get a good one. And that's it. <laughs> uh, Oh, that was Yay! good, Dina. Yay. Dina. That was good. Good job. That was very Thanks. good. Yeah. I was going to we... ask you, I have a question. Okay. So, so you, uh, you said earlier, or both you girls were talking about the whoops, mm-hmm. um, but then another story recounted a growl. So there are two sounds that, the, mm-hmm. that he oh, might yeah. make, or we don't know. Well, I think he's probably like any person and he can our animal they can yeah. make any make number whatever of sound they want to yeah. okay i think right. the whooping is them calling to each other and maybe growls are warnings <laughs> just well do you okay uh do we want to take a break do you guys need to refill or what do you want to do i don't need to refill i've i've got half a drink i'm i'm ready to go do you, i'm ready I, to go do we need to be yeah, good okay okay Okay, so yay, Dina, that was good. All right, so Deidre's got the little one. <laughs> Damn <And> it. <laughs> well, some of us don't have any, so shut up. Okay. Uh, all right, Deidre, take it. Okay, so uh, the theme, of course, you know, is Bigfoot, and Dina just mentioned um, uh, Momo the Missouri Monster. So, um, first of all, I want to clarify that this is not Momo um, from the horror movie that it's a character with the great big eyes and the funky mouth and everything. This is Momo the monster um, named after Mo being Missouri and the next Mo being monster. So there you go. That's how uh, this monster was named. Um, So according to like most of the stories that I found, um, everybody agrees he's around seven feet tall. Um, he's covered in dark black hair. Um, he's, uh, doesn't really have much of a neck. Um, he, his, the, the hair covers his face 
and um, just all over his in, entire body. As a mat matter of fact, everybody agreed that they couldn't really see his face because the hair um, covered it. So kind of a description of what he looks like. Now, according to most of the stories that I found, the creature um, was first spotted in July of 1972 by the Harrison siblings from Louisiana, Missouri, which is located between Hannibal and St. Louis. So a couple of different versions of how this happened. The boys were outside playing. The sister was inside. They were all outside playing, whatever. They were playing and um, they smelled something really strong and pungent and um, they turned around and there was a monster standing in their backyard. So the kids told their parents that the creature uh, had been standing there and had blood all over it um, from a dead dog that he was holding under his arm. Okay. Mm. So after the incident, the children's family dog became violently ill for much of the day and the family discovered footprints where Momo was said to have been near where the dog was supposed to have been as well. So, um, again, everybody, um, there, there, it was a, um, kind of a tight circle of time, uh, for the most part that these sightings occur, occurred. Um, they all said, you know, of course that he smelled terrible. Um, I, some residents told of terrifying tales of coming face to face with Momo, their cars overturned by the beast. This is my favorite story, I think. Two women, in fact, told of hiding in their car um, after they were having a picnic outside. The monster came up upon them. They ran and jumped in their car and they watched as the monster ate their peanut butter sandwich in front of them and then ran into the woods. Damn that <laughs> monster. So, well, who would not want a peanut butter sandwich? I know. I don't know if it's crunchy or smooth, but whatever. <laughs> so a lot of residents of Louisiana claim to have seen Momo. Um, and uh, as a matter of fact, uh, there is there's one story that happened that say that Momo was first seen actually a month earlier. And John Schusler, who was living in O'Fallon during the Momo scare, um, he also, just to give you some credibility here, he worked for McDonnell Douglas as a group engineer for life support systems on the Skylab, later as a director of flight operations for oh, the Johnson Space Center in Houston. So mm -hmm. pretty, pretty good creds there. All right. So he says that June 30th, a month before the Harrison sighting in Louisiana, uh, two young men from Troy were fishing and um, they were fishing on the Kivra River. I hope that's how you say it. C-U-I-V-R-E, Kivra River in Lincoln County. Okay, mm -hmm. so Tim and Vaughn were standing on a hill looking over an unusually low bank on the river's opposite side, and um, Vaughn noticed a splash and looked up and said they uh, saw something wading across the river toward them. It was a big hairy thing, and they didn't know what it was. And this is according to Schusler. So Vaughn said, hey, Tim, look at that silly hippie wading across the river. Then they realized it was not a hippie. <laughs> well, it was the 70s, so there yeah. you go. Yeah. So, so that patchouli syrup did. drink, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been better, maybe. So the men described the creature as standing taller than a normal man and hairy all over. And like the Louisiana creature, the Troy monster's hair completely covered its face and its head looked like a dome resting on its shoulders. So Tim scrambled up a hillside while Vaughn, Vaughn held his ground and the creature continued a deliberate march toward him 
Vaughn finally panicked and ran, and the men ran off and found a conservation officer and returned to the scene. So they found three-toed footprints where the creature came out of the water, Schusler said, and Schusler said that he went back the next day and also found the prints. Okay. He said they were, yeah, so he said they were large, but he couldn't really tell what made them. And they looked for hair or scat or stuff like that and, and never found anything but the tracks. All right. So he also said Vaughn and Tim seemed honest and genuinely frightened. And uh, th- that's the wrap up on the Schusler story there. So then in July of 72, there was a story that ran in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch where police sealed off a 200-acre wooded area and a team of 25 hunters searched for the creature. Well, many of them believed they were actually searching for a black bear. So um, police received reports of a creature crossing the highway with a dog or a sheep in its mouth. And another witness told police that the creature lifted the back of his automobile. So, yes. Now, Richard Allen Murray, who uh, was a Momo witness, said that he was... (laughs) John, I don't know. I thought of you. I think you should read this story, but I'm going to try to do it in your best hillbilly accent. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey. So, Richard Allen Murray said that he was driving near Louisiana's, Louisiana's town branch, a small creek that runs through the middle of town around 11 p.m. As he was passing a small hill, he noticed something moving. Turning his truck toward the hill, his headlights illuminated a strange upright figure covered in brown fur. Murray guessed the creature was about 20 feet away, and when he realized, and when it realized he was there, it quickly hurried over the hill and disappeared. Okay, Murray, a lifelong local who has served as the town's fire chief and sat on city council, was surprised by his sighting. I was amazed to see something. I thought it was a bunch of nonsense, but then I saw something, Murray said. <laughs> I didn't really do that in the hillbilly accent. That's the part I should I was funny, amazed though. to see something. I thought it was a bunch of nonsense, but then I saw something. <laughs> so then in hindsight, Murray admitted that his sighting could have been nothing more than a bear. But at the time, the supposed monster was on everyone's brain. <laughs> so, oh, here you go. So according to some of the research I found, Louisiana tried to have some Momo festivals, but it never really took off. Uh, The Associated Press did a bit of a lighthearted discovery into Missouri lore, and they talked to the family that discovered the creature originally, which I believe was the Harrisons. Um, And um, it did end up bringing a little bit of tourism dollars in the form of Sasquatch groupies into town. So, <laughs> suspect or skeptics suggest it was a high school prank that went viral in the days before the internet, and those with more concrete evidence, like such, well, like the plaster cast of the footprint, maintain that uh, Momo, the Missouri monster, may still walk among us. So, uh, yes, no. I know. So Ooh. that's there's probably I mean there's a lot more story. Um, I will tell you in 2012. So okay, wait. Let me say this. So there, the next sighting was in 96 or 97, but I couldn't really find a lot of information about that sighting. Okay. It just, I, I found like a, you know how you're scrolling through Google and stuff and it, it just says there, there was a sighting and I, there were no links or anything to it. But then in 2012, Visit Mo, which is our state's tourism bureau, 
suggested that Momo actually exist and posted an endearingly bad video on YouTube, according to the Riverfront Times. So I found the video. It was, uh, do I want to say endearingly? It was pretty bad. <laughs> and it was a total spoof. It was just, you know, they were just kind of, you know, having fun with it. So they did have a, I mean, it was funny, you know. There was part one and part two. So it's, uh, you can find that on YouTube if you want to look um, at that. <laughs> there were at least two movies, one filmed in the 70s, but never released. Another one um, came out in, well, I believe it was released in 2019 by John O.Z. He was the writer, producer, and director of Momo the Missouri Monster, a horror spoof film shot in Pulaski and Greene Counties that involved aliens. And it's, in, it's available on Amazon Prime if you want to watch that. No way. Yeah. So. Aliens. Yeah. In the end, the phenomenon of Momo ended as abruptly as it began. Winter arrived and Momo disappeared for the most part. <laughs> so some still talk of the Missouri monster and sightings have been reported sporadically over the years. Now, the greatest thing about Momo, are you ready? Yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. There are at least two songs written for him and, and uh, they were both around 2010. One by a Bill White from, uh, from the album called Musical Oddities, not the Bill White we know, and another by Snail Face from the <laughs> album Snail Face 2. <laughs> and it was labeled stoner rock by Apple Music, and it even got some airtime on the radio. So you can even <laughs> look that up. I highly suggest they are both very face. funny songs. Bill White's is kind of a storytelling band camp song, and and uh, <laughs> stoner the face version is stoner rock. <laughs> Definitely stoner rock. It was pretty Hi. funny. That means there was a, a whatever face won. That's right. Snail. Snail face. Snail one. face one. Oh, good yeah. job, Deidre. Yeah, that yeah, was really you. good. Nice. Hey. Yay. So there's going to be links, right, on all our social yeah. media. Mm -hmm. You'll get to yeah. see the monkey yeah. face, and Deidre's going to put up a bunch of links. You bet. And I should say, I should have said this at the beginning, but I had, I guess I was sipping on my Sasquatch drink, but, um, there's so much Bigfoot stuff in the Ozarks that this is going to be a two-part series. So you heard yeah. introduction, you heard Momo, you're going to hear another big story next time and another small story next time um, about Bigfoot. And that probably doesn't even scratch the surface. Um, maybe we'll revisit it at a later time. All to say there's going to be more Bigfoot in our future, I speak. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As there should be in everybody's future. I, know. I mean, come on. Well, I Except think, John, my husband. that, well, <laughs> I think that the next time that we're all together and Pam, you need to come down this way too. We all need to make a trip down uh, H Highway and, and uh, see if we can just call good old out Steve a, Robinson and ask him to uh, show let's us do around it. his. Oh, I'm yeah. ready. Come on, game. Mm -hmm. um, so do they still do expeditions, Dina? I mean, maybe we, next summer after the pandemic, if it's ever over, we go, we all go on an expedition. Yep. No, they still do them, though. Um, there's some... There's some people that don't like the expeditions because they're saying that that's not how you find a Bigfoot because if you go out looking for him, you're not going to see him. 
Cool. Well, maybe next cool. time we talk about, do we all believe in it or not after all the stories are presented? Well, yeah, yeah. We yeah. have to hear several before we can have a frame of reference. Here. Make a decision. All right, girls, that was really fun, right? So Yay, very good. we'll get together next week and, um, and, and do more. Thank you all. all right. Sounds good. Yeah. If you liked it, tell all your friends. And if you didn't, keep your big mouth shut. shut.